Happy New Year. All right, fantastic. Are you glad to be back in church on the new year? Man, me too. And if you're joining us online, we are here and ready when you are ready. And thank you so much for joining us online today. We are launching into a new season, a new year. And so today we're also launching into a new teaching series called Essential. And you know, that word essential has, has been kind of popular over this last year, right? 2020, uh, we knew the word essential, but now it, it kind of has a new meaning because we talk about, is your business an essential business or are your workers essential workers? Even we had some debate across the country whether churches were essential or not. But uh, when you look at a definition of essential, it simply means something that's very important, something that's vital, something that's critical, something that's absolutely necessary. And so here's the question, what is essential for your spiritual growth? What is it that's critical? What is, what is it that's necessary, that's absolutely important that you have in order for you to grow spiritually? That's what we're going to be talking about in this series, Essential. We're going to be looking into seven essential practices that must be there for you to really grow spiritually and develop your heart for God. Listen, we've been through a lot in 2020, haven't we? But that's in the rearview mirror. Now we're moving forward. So how do we move forward and really make this year the best year? in your personal spiritual growth. Truth of the matter is, a lot of people, they just kind of cruise like this. They're pretty much the same way they were spiritually than they were the last year, the year before, the year before. There's not anything that's really moving them more forward. Listen, isn't it time that you take a serious step forward in your spiritual growth? And so if you wanted to do that, what would be the essential things to focus on well, that's what we're talking about in this series. Seven essential practices for your spiritual growth. Now, not only are we teaching on this on the weekends, but we are also, we've also provided this little table tent for you that looks like this, little essentials. If you've not picked one of these up, you need to be sure and do not leave today without getting them. They're absolutely free. They're in the lobby. Please take one. If you are watching online, you say, well, I can't get one of those in the lobby, then you can go to our website and you can see the access from our website on the front page. But if you'll notice on the back of this, there's a QR code. You scan this with your phone and it becomes a portal to provide for you daily devotions. Every single day, there's a video every day that really does a deeper dive into the topic I'll be surfacing on the weekends. You're going to get more of that, a deeper dive every single day, Monday through Friday. There are also questions for you to uh, have conversation with your kids and grandkids about these topics. And so just, we envision you putting this on your, on your breakfast table and then you scan it, you watch it for breakfast or you watch it for dinner and you discuss the topic and how this applies to your life. So we're teaching this on the weekends. Also our student area, our kids area are also going to be teaching it throughout the week. So we're serious about you grabbing a hold of these seven essential practices, okay? So please make this January the year that you really take a step forward, that you really do something different to grow spiritually, all right? With that in mind, we're going to jump into our first essential practice today, and that is essential prayer, 
All right, so I want you to take your Bible and I want you to open it up to the Gospel of Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. The word pray, prayer, praying, or prayed appears 357 times in the Bible. That's almost one for every single day. And listen, it is essential, prayer is essential to your walk with God. You cannot grow in your walk with God without praying. And you can't really deepen your walk with God without deepening your prayer life. And so this is why we want to talk about prayer today. So Luke chapter 11, diving now into God's word, look at Luke 11 verse 1. This is the word of God. He was praying in a certain place and when he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples. Now stop right there. Let me set the context. Jesus is in the last nine months of his ministry, uh, uh, earthly ministry, he is thinking about the cross. He is headed toward the cross. That's what really what's on the forefront of his mind. All right. And so as he's with his disciples, he would take time to pull aside and pray alone. And they're watching Jesus pull aside to pray. And that prompts this question. They come to Jesus and they said, hey Jesus, why don't you teach us to pray like that? Like John the Baptist teaches his disciples to pray, why don't you teach us to pray? Now, they're not just saying teach us how to pray, but what they're really saying is teach us to live a powerful prayer life. You see, they have been watching Jesus for already about three years. And they noticed, they connected the dots between Jesus' prayer life and the power in Jesus' ministry. And they said, hey, we want that. So teach us to pray so that God will move in our life the way we see God moving in your life. And so Jesus teaches them some very important principles on prayer. You see, prayer was woven in the fabric of Jesus' life. Think about it just, just briefly for a minute. Uh, Jesus, when he was baptized, Luke says as he was coming up out of the water, he was praying as he came up out of the water. He went into the wilderness and was tempted for 40 days and he was praying that whole time. He left empowered by the Holy Spirit. He, he prayed all night before he chose his disciples. He prayed before he was transfigured on the mountain. He prayed before he cast out demons. He prayed before uh, he had compassion and healed people that were hurting. Oftentimes he would go to isolated places to pray. He prayed before he walked on water. He prayed before he cast out those demons out of the Gadarean demoniac. He, he prayed. He prayed all night before he was crucified. He prayed while he was on the cross. And the last words that Jesus gave, the last command Jesus gave to his disciples was to go back to Jerusalem and to pray and to wait. So prayer was woven into the fabric and the life of Jesus. Now let me ask you something. If it was important for Jesus to pray, then how much more important is it for us to pray, right? I mean, if Jesus gave so much intentional time to prayer, then why is it that we think that we don't need to pray? And so this is why they asked him. They said, Lord, teach us to pray like you pray. Teach us to have the heart for prayer like you do. Teach us to be intimate with the Father like you are intimate with the Father. And so in this uh, teaching here that we're about to read, Jesus really unpacks some important things about prayer that you and I need to know. Now, let me just stop here and just say this. Let me just be honest, all right? We're in church. We're going to be honest. 
right? Fact of the matter is most sermons on prayer either leave you feeling guilty or frustrated, right? Either guilty like, oh man, gosh, shucks, I should do a better job praying. I'm terrible at prayer. I try hard, but I don't do it very good. Or I try to really do it more and then, you know, give it a day or two, then I'm back to the way it was before. So I, I feel guilty or I'm frustrated because I hear this great story about this one person that prays all the time and God answers all their prayers and God doesn't answer any of my prayers. And so I'm just frustrated. Why bother with it? Listen, I don't want you to leave today either guilty or frustrated. What I want you to leave today is is with a handle on how to grow in your prayer life. Listen, all of us can stand to grow in our prayer life. Would you agree with that? Turn to the person next to you and say, we all have room to grow. Go ahead and tell them. Just go ahead and tell them that. It makes us all feel better, right? We all have room to grow in our prayer life. And so Jesus is going to show us how to grow in our prayer life, all right? So the first thing he does is he gives us a pattern uh, for prayer. He gives us a pattern. So let's look at it. Uh, Luke chapter 11, beginning of verse 2. He said to them, whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us and do not bring us into temptation. Now stop right there. This is the model prayer. Many times it's called uh, the, the Lord's Prayer. It's really more the disciples' prayer. This is the Lord teaching the disciples how to pray. But it is a model prayer. It's something that we should model our prayer life after. Now, I'm not going to go through this prayer because what, what's going to happen is during the week as you watch these videos, we're going to actually dissect this prayer and show how you can use it as a pattern in your own personal prayer life. But I do want to make some observations. First observation is the simplicity of this prayer. Notice it's not very long. Right? I mean, if you just read it, it'd take you a few seconds to read it. It's not a long prayer. It's a very short prayer. It's a brief prayer. It's a simple prayer. You know, some people think that it, if, they, if they pray a long time, then that shows that they're really super spiritual, right? You know people like that, right? The first three minutes, you're praying with them. The next three minutes, you're praying for them. Right? The next three minutes, you're praying against them. Lord, just make it stop, right? But, but this is not how Jesus taught us to pray. In fact, he, that's what he criticized the Pharisees for. The Pharisees loved the public prayers and loved to pray a long time so they could be seen. In Matthew chapter 6, <clears throat> Jesus said, Whatever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogue on the street corner to be seen by men. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. In other words, they, they want to be heard. And so they were heard. And that's their reward. He said, don't pray like that. Don't be like them. Don't make prayer something that you showboat or you pray long prayers so people will think you're spiritual. On the other end, pagans also did the same thing. People that didn't even know God. He says in Matthew 6 verse 7, he said, And when you pray, do not babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them. See, Jesus didn't advocate for long prayers. He didn't advocate for wordy prayers, churchy prayers, uh, stained glass prayers. He advocated for simple prayers, honest prayers, brief prayers. Yeah. Nothing wrong with saying, Lord, thank you for the food. You know, the standard Jewish prayer wasn't really much longer than that. Have you ever heard a child pray? 
I mean, like recently, have you ever heard maybe a three or four-year-old or five-year-old pray? They'll bow their head and they'll pray. And what are they praying for? They're probably praying, praying for uh, their pet, right? You know, or, or uh, maybe mommy and daddy, and then they're off to their birthday party or, you know, or Christmas or something like that. And sometimes they're just random prayers. You're like, really? But you know what? Your father in heaven hears every word. Because they're simple prayers, they're honest. And this prayer that Jesus gives us is a simple prayer. We don't need to make it more complicated than what it is. Another thing I love about this prayer is the intimacy of it. It's, it is an intimate prayer. Uh, Jesus starts off, he says, our Father in heaven. I've heard it said that up to Jesus' time, there was never anyone in the Jewish community that regularly prayed and calling God Father. Only Jesus did that. Jesus instituted that. And not only did he call God Father, but he taught us to pray to our Father in heaven. What that means is that your prayer should be an intimate conversation with the Father in heaven who loves you. You have a Father in heaven who loves you. Now, the minute I say you have a Father in heaven, for some of you, that's not necessarily good news because you're not really, you don't have a good model for a father. You grew up with a father that was abusive or a father that was neglectful or a father that just ran out. But you know instinctively what a good father should be and you have a Father in heaven who loves you. And listen, what Jesus is saying is when you pray, on the other end of your prayer is a listening ear and a loving Father. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. But he is not just a father. He is your heavenly father. He is a father whose name is holy. He's your father who, is, who has a kingdom that's coming and an agenda. And so really what he's saying is when you pray, you should be praying this intimate prayer, not rote prayer, just things I've always said before, but you're opening up your heart to your father and you're drawing close to him. You see, a lot of people get frustrated in prayer because they think prayer is all about the results. Man, I, I, didn't, I prayed on this and God didn't give that to me. I prayed for an A and I got a B. I prayed for that promotion, I didn't get it. I prayed for that person to do this and they never did that. I prayed for a child and that child never came. I prayed for this or whatever and then God didn't bring it. Therefore, I'm not going to pray anymore. It's a waste of my time. As if prayer is about the results when what you're missing is prayer is about the relationship. It's not about the results. I mean, how twisted would it be if you only talked to your earthly father when he would give you exactly what you wanted and the minute he didn't do that, you said, forget you. That's not a relationship. That is transactional. That's not heart. And Jesus said, when you pray, you pray our father because listen, it's all about the relationship. It's not about getting things from God. It's about getting to know him. It's not about trying to convince God to get on board with your agenda, but it's you bending your will to be aligned with God's agenda. That's what prayer is really about, is knowing the heart of your Father. And so this prayer is a very intimate prayer. It is a very heartfelt prayer as he prays to his Father. And then it's, a, it's just a very authentic prayer. He prays for basic stuff. He says, give us this day our daily bread. You know, the early church fathers thought he surely isn't talking about just bread. Maybe he's about spiritual bread. Maybe there's some spiritual bread. And they were trying to spiritualize it all because that's too simple. No, he was just talking about bread, whole wheat, multigrain, wheat, you know, uh, a white. I, I, don't, I don't know what kind, but just, just bread. In other words, these people were living hand to mouth. He said, man, if, you're, if you need food, pray for that for the day. If you're struggling to make your payment, pray for that. 
If you're struggling with the decisions where they had that surgery or not, pray for that. If you don't know if you should put in for this job transfer, pray for that. If you're, if you're struggling with the conflict with somebody at work, pray for that. Whatever is burdening your heart, as simple as it is, your Heavenly Father cares about that in your life and wants you to bring that to Him. Pray when you need things. Pray when you need forgiveness. And we all need forgiveness, don't we? Pray for the ability to forgive others. Pray when you need direction in life. Pray when, when you're under temptation or, or oppression in any way. Pray for God to lead you through it. See, these, all these things are part of this model prayer. And, uh, and this is what Jesus wants us to do, is to model our prayer life after the prayer that he gave us. Now again, uh, as you use this uh, portal, as you go through that this week on Monday, you're going to start seeing more and more about how to follow this prayer and make it a part of your daily prayer life. And I think it's going to be really beneficial to you and your family. So Jesus gives a pattern for prayer. But then he kind of shifts gears here in verse 5 and he just launches into a story. Well, let's just look at it. Look at verse 5. He also said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him. Then he will answer from inside and say, don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I have already gone to bed. I can't even get up to give you anything. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Now underline the phrase shameless boldness. Some versions have the word persistent in there. This whole story is about persistence in prayer. Now you need to understand what's happening in Jesus' day. What would happen is that um, normally when they, when they would start to go to bed, they would gather up all their belongings and bring them under the tent or in the cave or in the, in the building that they had. Many times they were living in a cave with a tent on the outside. Bedouins actually live that way still today in the Middle East. I was actually in a cave that was outside of Bethlehem several years ago. And you can actually see where they put the animals. They would bring the goats in, they get bring the sheep in. They bring them all inside and put them on one side of the cave. Then they would put their other supplies on the other side. Then the family would sleep in the tent out front. Now why do they do that? Because somebody would steal all their stuff, right? They didn't have an alarm for their sheep. Beep, beep, you know, you can't do that back then. You just had to, you just had to bring it all in. So it would be like today, you're uh, getting ready for bed, it's getting dark, so you pick up the skateboard and the football out of the front yard and the bike, get the bike, get it all in the garage, you shut the garage door, you pull all the cars in, you set all the alarms, you shut the door, you get the kids washed up, and finally they're in bed and everything turned off, turned the fire off, got everything shut down, and then you finally get into bed and you give a big sigh and you hear this bang, 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 bang on the front door and you're kind of startled and you hear this guy go, hey, it's, it's Charlie, your next door neighbor and uh, man, I, I need some milk. Man, I got some friends that came by and, and, and they don't have any milk for breakfast and can you give me some milk? And you're like, oh, Charlie. You know, you know Charlie, he drives you crazy anyway, right? And so like you put your head under the pillow and you're trying to ignore it. Then you just think, I'll just pretend like I'm not here, right? And uh, it, it, Charlie keeps banging on the door. Eventually, you're gonna get up 
and you're going to call the cops or you're going to give the man some milk, right? One of the two. Because of his persistence, and this is what Jesus is teaching us with this silly story. He's saying, listen, you need to pray simple prayers, but you need to be persistent in your prayers. Don't quit. You quit too early. You quit too soon. You need to persistently pray and not give up. Listen, it's easy to quit. You may ask the question, why, why doesn't God just answer my prayer right away? Why do I have to persist in prayer? Why is it important that I keep praying? Why doesn't God just hear me and give me what I need? Why do I have to keep asking? I mean, wouldn't a loving father just give you it right away instead of you asking over and over and over and over and over? What's he doing? Why doesn't God answer my prayer when I pray it? That's a really good question. And the answer is, I don't know. That's the honest answer. I don't know. I mean, it could be a lot of reasons. It could be that he doesn't answer your prayer right away because your prayer is not in agreement with his will. 1 John 5, 14 says that. Or it could be that you're praying with wrong motives. That's what James 4, 3 says. Or it could be that there's some sin in your life that's hindering your prayers. That's what Peter wrote in 1 Peter 3, 7. Or... Get this. It could be that he wants to grow your faith. In Luke 17 verse 5, the disciples come to Jesus and they said, stretch our faith, increase our faith. Well, how does God do that? How does God increase your ability to trust him and have confidence in, in him even when you don't see it? Well, he does that many times is by delaying his answers so that you have to trust him over a period of time and he strengthens your faith. Think about it in Hebrews 11. Remember all those great, that hallway of faith, you know, those great people of faith. It said many times they had to trust God even when they never saw the result in their lifetime. It wasn't until later, generations later, that God answered their prayer. But they were people of faith that trusted God even when they didn't see the results right away. And I believe, now this is me, Craig, talking. I believe that many times God delays our, the answer to our prayer in order to stretch our capacity to trust him. So that when he does, we can see that God was faithful all along and I learned to trust him even when I didn't have the results right away. That's what it means to grow your faith, to walk by faith to increase your faith so Jesus is simply telling us here listen pray simple prayers don't get all caught up in the words necessarily and, and when you pray pray and be persistent because I'm working on you just like I'm working on the person you're praying for I'm working on your situation but I'm also working on you to grow and increase your faith and then he gives us this wonderful promise um, in, in verse, uh, verse 5, he says, or I'm sorry, verse 9. He said, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be open. What father among you, if a son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. 
If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Basically what he's saying is this. Listen, I know it's, it's hard to keep asking and you don't get an answer right away. I understand that. When you keep knocking. I remember a guy tell, told me one time, he's crying, I've been knocking on the door till my knuckles are bloody. And God still hasn't answered my prayer. It's hard. Listen, for some of you, you've been asking for God for something for a long time. You've been praying for that family member to come to Christ. You've been praying for that person that you care about that's sick to, to finally overcome this illness that they're dealing with. And it just looks like they're getting worse. You've been praying for a job for a year. And every time you take a step forward, it seems like it's two steps back. And it's easy to get discouraged and to begin to doubt God. It's easy to hear that voice in your head that says, it doesn't matter what you pray, that nothing is going to change, that God doesn't care or he's not there. Either way, uh, just stop praying and give in to despair, right? It's easy to hear that in your mind. And some of you are there right now. If we were honest, you'd say, Craig, I've been just, I've been working so hard at praying for this. And you know what? I'm just worn out. I'm just tired. Then if that is you, listen, Jesus makes a promise to you. To the worn out, to the doubting, to the discouraged, to the downtrodden. He makes a promise. He said, you ask and you keep on asking. There's that persistence. You seek and you keep on seeking. You knock and you keep on knocking. And he said, and the door will be open. I will respond. I will answer. You got my word on it. He made a promise to you that he would respond. Now listen, just because he promises to respond doesn't mean that you always get what you want. Sometimes the answer you're going to get isn't the answer that you want. I mean, after all, what, heaven, what earthly father says yes to every request? <laughs> they usually don't. Even the best father wouldn't say yes to every request because he knows what's best for you. He sees a bigger picture. And so he, he answers according to his wisdom and your heavenly father does the same thing. Think about Jesus, right? Jesus, even Jesus asked for a request that he did not get. Think about it in the garden of Gethsemane when he prayed to his father and he said, Father, uh, please let this cup pass from me, this cup of suffering, this cup of the cross, let it pass from me. And, and yet the father said no to that request. He had to go to the cross because it was only through the cross that you and I could be redeemed. It's only through the cross could our sin be put down that we could be made right with God. And so eventually Jesus, though he asked for the cup to pass and he knew the answer was no listen what Jesus chose to do was submit himself to the wisdom of God and the love of God and move forward that's the real question with you are you willing to pray persistently but when God gives you an answer are you willing to submit that to God and trust him are you willing to do that are you willing to do that with the thing you're asking God for right now? Are you willing to trust him? And while your mind is thinking about that, am I willing to trust him? Let me just remind you what Jesus reminded us here is, by the way, you do have a father in heaven that loves you. He loves you more than you think he does. He loves you even whether you believe it or not, whether you feel it or not. 
He said, listen, what, what earthly dad's going to give a kid a snake if he's asking for food, right? Give him a scorpion. That would, hurt you. That's a, that would be a sick, twisted dad. And your heavenly father's not like that. He knows what you need. His heart is for you, but you got to trust him. Are you willing to submit to God's heart, submit to his wisdom, even in the hard things of life? That's what it means to walk by faith. So Jesus is reminding us here. Prayer is really about your relationship with God. You'll, you, it's essential. You'll never grow without growing in prayer. It, keep it simple. Be persistent. And trust his promise that, that he is for you. This Christmas, I got a very unusual gift, a, a very important gift to me. It's not, it wasn't new. It was actually very old. It was an old Bible. Uh, this Bible belonged to a man that I've talked to you about before. His name was Cecil McGee. Cecil was uh, a, a short man in stature, but a giant man in prayer. And I would watch Cecil pray many times. I would be on prayer retreats with Cecil and I would just see God move in a powerful way. And I remember asking Cecil one time, would you teach me to pray like that? Just like the disciples asked Jesus if they would teach him. And he said, yeah, come to my house at 530. I was like, like in the evening, right? He was like, no, the early one. Oh, is there another one? I didn't know that. I didn't know there was a 530 in the morning. And, uh, but I was a seminary student, right? So I, I got up early and I threw my bags in a backpack and I went to his house and we would sit in his living room and he would open up a book on prayer, probably an E.M. Bounds book on prayer and he'd read a passage and then he'd read the Bible and he'd read a verse or two and then he'd pray and I'd listen to him pray. And then he would pause and that was my turn to pray and so I would pray and we would just pray back and forth. And the hour would go by like that. I'd throw my backpack on my shoulder and off I'd go to school. We did that many times in the morning. And it was a sweet time of teaching me how to pray, to know that I've got a father that loves me, that cares about me, that I can give him anything that I need, that I don't have to have the right words, that I can just be persistent. Cecil taught me that. Years later, he was in the nursing home and uh, Liz and I went to go visit him and I knelt down beside his wheelchair. He was suffering from dementia. He did not remember me, but I told him my name, said, it's Craig. And I said, you taught me to pray. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for teaching me how to pray. Cecil went on to be with the Lord not too long after that. But uh, this Christmas, I got this gift, and it's a Bible that was actually gifted to him in 1961. So it's a real treasure to have this Bible from him. But I thought as I was preparing this message on prayer, I, would, I thought, I wonder, I wonder if Cecil has anything to say about it. So I looked up Luke 11 in this Bible, and of course, I could tell that he had read it because, well, this is what it, you can't see it, so this is what it looked like. It's all highlighted in yellow but then in his handwriting on the top of it he wrote these words ask and keep on asking seek and keep on seeking knock and keep on knocking and the door shall be open it was as if he was reminding me hey Craig just stay at it keep praying keep seeking keep knocking don't quit don't get discouraged your heavenly father loves you and he knows what you need. What have you stopped praying for? Maybe there's somebody that you used to pray for, you've just given up. 
Maybe there's a situation that you've just given in to despair. Maybe your prayer life has just kind of devolved into something you say before meals and when times get hard. But you've lost the intimacy of your walk with God. Don't quit. You have a father that loves you. Why not this week press in to prayer? Let him grow you and stretch you in this area because as you grow in prayer, you grow in your walk with God. Would you bow your heads with me for just a minute? Maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, then I want to give you an opportunity right here and right now to come to know Jesus. You see, prayer life presupposes that you know him, that you've come to a place where you've asked Christ to come into your life. And that's your first step. Maybe you're unsure of your walk with God. Maybe you think you've tried to be good enough. You're trying to be religious or spiritual or whatever the case may be. But the truth of the matter is, the only way you can be right with God is through faith in Jesus. So here's the good news. When we were sinners and far from God, living our own life, that God sent Jesus Christ in this world. They lived a life to show us a father. He died on the cross for your sin and for my sin. He suffered. He died. He was buried the third day. He rose again from the grave. He showed himself alive over 40 different days, hundreds of people. And he said, listen, if you will turn to me, if you will call out to me, I will forgive you. I will wipe your sin clean. You can start over. You can have an intimacy with me. You can have purpose in this life and assurance of life to come. Have you ever given your life to Christ? Do you know for sure that you've given your life to Christ? And if you're not sure, then right now, this can be your moment. So pray the simple prayer with me right where you are. Lord Jesus, I know I've sinned against you, but I believe you died on a cross for me. I believe you rose again from the dead. And so I'm asking you, please, forgive me. Make me clean. Fill me with your spirit. Today I choose to follow you all the days of my life. Listen, maybe you're a believer today and you're watching today or you're here in the house today, but your heart is heavy. Why don't you just pray to your father? Ask him to grow your faith. Ask him to make you a man of prayer, a woman of prayer. Ask him to draw you close to him this week. Just pray that right now. Father, I thank you so much for your unfailing love for us. Thank you that you pursue us even when we don't pursue you. That you seek after us even when we don't seek you. And even this morning, you're drawing us in to spend time with you. To pray. To pray and not quit. To pray knowing that you love us and you care for us. And that you promise to hear every word. So Lord, I pray that you would grow us in this area of prayer, that we would know you, 
more deeply, more personally, more intimately this year than ever before. And I pray, God, that you fill us with your spirit as we go out, that we would go out into this world as people of prayer, that trust you and rely on you. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.